0: Hello and welcome back to Ryan's Takeaways, daily words for daily growth, providing biblical teachings for your spiritual growth and maturity, from the home to the marketplace, inviting Jesus to every table of society. I'm your host Ryan Adams, let's get started. Today we're gonna be talking about the special donkey and this triumphant victory in the book of Mark chapter 11. I love this passage of scripture as we see Jesus in need of something quite interesting and kind of out of the ordinary. But it was so important for what was to come. Jesus had been spending his time serving the disciples, helping people understand the will of the Father, and now as he was drawing closer to his death, drawing closer to real mission at hand, the whole reason why he had came to earth in the first place, we see here in chapter 11, verse 1, and we're going to read all the way to verse 8 as Jesus uh, asked for a very specific thing. And today I really want to talk about uh, this this donkey and, and the person who owned this donkey. Now, his, this person's name is not mentioned in the Bible. We don't know who owned this donkey. But we do know that this donkey was at the right place at the right time, and this man or woman who had taken care of this donkey had done a very good work. And I really want to talk about that the fact that the father is in need of something that you have. Now, it's very important that we first understand that God is all sufficient, and you know He can make um, manna fall from the heavens. <laughs> he can um, multiply bread and fish. So when I do say that that God is in need of something that you have, I am not saying it in the in the context of the fact that He lacks. It's, I would say it more so, that he desires to use something that you have. And it it kind of falls back on, do we have the obedience to give what he is in need of or what he desires to have? And so let's go ahead and get started in this and then we can go a little bit deeper. Mark chapter 11, verse 1 through 8. As Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them ahead. I'm curious as to who these two were. Maybe it was the sons of thunder, James and John. Maybe not. They were sent to be the most boldest of the the bunch besides Peter. Uh, So probably it could have been them based off of kind of the, the whole mission at hand that they had to go find a certain thing. So we see here, verse two says, go into the village over there. So Jesus is pointing to a certain village and he told them, as soon as you enter into it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs it. Hmm, I love that. The Lord needs it and will return it soon. Ooh, so he's not just going to use it, but he will return it. Mm. And I guarantee you it's going to be more blessed than when you left it, (laughs) than when before he used it. Wow, that's beautiful. The Lord needs it and will return it soon. The two disciples left and found the colt standing in the street, tied outside the front door as they were untying it, some bystanders demanded, what are you doing untying that colt? So this is interesting because it's not talking about the owner. These are bystanders. So it's actually the the person who asked this question is not even the person who owns uh, this donkey, which is kind of kind of interesting, right? Uh, Sometimes uh, the people that are the most opinionated have have nothing to do with the mission at hand anyways. So don't let things get sidetracked. Don't let people sidetrack you. Uh, so we'll get into this teaching. As, as I'm reading this, the Holy Spirit is just revealing some certain key principles and takeaways that I want you guys to pay attention to. Verse 6, they said they said what Jesus had told them to say. That's important right there. And they were permitted to take it. Then they brought the colt Jesus and threw their garments over it and he sat on it. Many of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of them and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Jesus was in the center of the procession. Mm. And the people all around him were shouting, praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And I'll just finish this last part here. Blessings on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Praise God in highest heaven. Hallelujah. So we see here that Jesus, he was uh, entering in or about to enter into Jerusalem. And uh, we see here that Jesus gives specific direction to two of his disciples. Again, probably could have very well have been James and John. And the reason why I believe this is because uh, prior to this, uh, Jesus you know teaches, gives the great teaching about servitude because I don't know if you remember, but James and John uh, they came and, and, and asked Jesus, can, can we can we ask you a favor Jesus? And he's like, yeah, sure. what do you need? They're like, um, can you uh, can you remember us right? <laughs> uh, when, when, you know who who will sit on your right hand and uh, who will sit on your on your left? And Jesus' is like, oh man, you you missed it. <laughs> you missed the whole, whole reason why I'm here and and who you are and he talks about servitude so this is why I believe it's John and and James because you know he's like okay I gave you some teaching now go serve right go get a donkey for me <laughs> Jesus is so awesome so we see here he gives a specific direction and he says go over to that village so this really gives me um the understanding that God knows where you live he knows where you are. And many times we think that, you know, God is um, searching and, and looking and he is, he's, he's searching, and looking for those who are obedient. But we also have to understand that God is all sufficient. He, he knows the beginning to the end. And if you think that God doesn't see you or he doesn't see what you have produced in your life uh, as to be a, a living sacrifice for him or you know the, the company that you've built, or the, the marriage that you've built, the children that you have raised. Um, if you if you think that God doesn't see that, He does. He knows. He knows where you are. And I love the fact that He says, "Go go into that village over over there." And I could just imagine Jesus pointing to that village, and I really feel in my heart just to encourage you that the Lord is is pointing in your direction. He he is pointing in, in your direction. And he knows the sacrifices and he's known the hours that you have put into raising your children and, and, and investing into your marriage and, and investing into your, your spiritual life. He, he knows and he, he's pointing to you and he's saying, hey, I, I know where you are and I'm coming for you. I'm coming to, to, for you to use you for a greater purpose. Mm, 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 mm. And so he, he says here to his disciples, go over there. And, and as soon as you enter, as you soon as you enter, which tells me that the Lord does not delay, just like he says on the day of Pentecost, the day had fully come, and, 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 and in Portuguese it's giapengi, and suddenly, 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 the the book of Ecclesiastes says there is, a, there is a time and a season for everything, not just in the heavens, but in the earth below as well. And so as soon as they entered into it, so time is of the essence, which tells me another thing that do you remember when Jesus was talking about the virgins? He was talking about the the women, the, the the virgins and the women who who had the the oil, right? The the and so some were prepared and others were not, and and when it the time came for it to be used, some of them were not ready, and so this is so important because when God gets ready to do something, you, you better have things prepared. You you cannot wait until he needs it for you to prepare for, for that, for that thing to be used. So that tells me that you need to be investing into your marriage now. You need to be investing into your children now. You need to be investing into the things that are eternal now. Don't, don't wait for, for him to point and say, I'm going to use you. You need to be preparing now. And so we see here that the disciples were sent for such a time as now, as then. At that moment, they were sent out. And, and, and once heaven begins to move, you better believe that nothing will stop it. The Lord needed that donkey. He, he needed to enter into that, 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 he, that, that town. And so he sends his disciples and says, go into that town. And so as soon as they enter into the town, he says... As soon as you enter into it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. So it's very interesting because this donkey was born for a purpose. For what? To be used. And so it's interesting that this donkey obviously wasn't a baby donkey. Follow me here, right? Because many people, oh, it was a young donkey, so it had never been used. Well, first of all, Jesus could have never been riding on a baby donkey, right? I just imagine, right? Them, the disciples putting all the, the the their their cloaks over this baby donkey it would just it wouldn't even be able to move right. And then imagine Jesus sitting on top of it; it would it would literally crush the donkey, a baby donkey. So this donkey was not a baby donkey, which tells me what that this donkey was born for a purpose. And although maybe the owner. Maybe even the donkey himself may, may have questioned from time to time. That's a joke. I'm not saying that the donkey was thinking, but if you just imagine that, these, th- that this, this animal was born for a purpose to work, but yet it never had been used before, which tells me something, gives me some, some revelation here that there are some things that the Lord has given you that you have been called to raise up, and maybe you may be thinking, well, Lord, when are you going to use it? It is not up to us. It is not for our, uh, let's say, it's not for us to decide when or, or how it will be used. We just have the responsibility to invest into it. So many times you may be thinking, well, I'm investing so much of my time into, into my marriage, and into into my private life, into my families, into my into my job, and, and not a lot of people are seeing it, and not, not a lot of people really understand why I'm doing this, but I have this conviction. You need to follow that conviction. You need to invest into that. You need to wake up early. You need to fast. You need to pray. You need to do whatever you need to do to prepare And so we see here that this donkey, although it was supposed to be meant to be used for work, had not been used for a purpose. And I can only imagine the owner of this donkey. There had to have been some type of conviction that he had for him to never use this donkey. It was, a, it was, in a sense, a virgin donkey in the sense of it had never been used before. It had never been mounted on before. This was a donkey that was ready. It was a donkey that was in the way of the Lord, and the Lord needed it for such a time as this. So Jesus says, untie it and bring it here. Hmm... And if anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs it. The Lord needs it. I love that. The Lord needs it. The Lord wanted to use, wanted to utilize that donkey. I believe the Lord is wanting to use and utilize the things in your life that maybe you may see as insignificant. He wants to use it. If God can use a donkey, he can use children. If God can use a donkey, he can use adults. If God can use a donkey, he can use people that may feel like they are insignificant. But when the Lord needs, he will not just use it, but what? He will return it soon. And I love that. It says the Lord needs it and will return it soon. What an amazing passage here. This shows me the character of God, that he not just only uses it, but he will return it. And I guarantee you, like I had said in the beginning, it will be better than it was before he used it. God is not an abuser. He doesn't just use and then discards. What you have to see the nature of God is he is an investor. So there's always an ROI, a return on investment. What's invested too, there will always be a return. With God, he will use you. He will use your family. He will use the gifts and the talents that you have. And as a result of that, you will be left better than when before he used it. Which tells me what? The investment is worth it all. There will be a return on the sacrifices that you have made of all the moments that you have spent in private with the Lord, the moment he uses it, he uses you, he uses the gifts and the talent, he will always bring forth a greater measure. There will be a harvest from all of those times you've invested in it. So it says he will return it soon. Let's finish this up. So the two disciples did, right? They did as Jesus had commanded them to do. And so as they were untying it, some bystanders demanded. So the disciples arrived. They went into the town. They go to the house. They're at the front door. Now, it doesn't even mention that the owner is there. So that's very interesting, which tells me another thing. There's many times that you will be commissioned to raise up something, and when it comes time where it's to be seen, you, you, God will ask you to sit down and just let Him be in control. Because many times when we are so invested in what God has called us to do, many times we can try to kind of try to control it, right? But I believe there comes a moment in time where we have given the investment, we've done all that we've known to do, and the Lord just says, "Okay, now let me let me take over." That's a father. You've done everything you know to do. You've gotten to this certain point. Now let me take it from here. That's interesting, right? Because the donkey was there, never been ridden, just literally tied out front. But the owner is nowhere to be found. We see here that the bystanders are the ones who say something. Now there's so many haters in your life. There's so many people who are going to say what they think. But you have to stay focused and say what does the Lord want from this? Not, what, what, are, what is not the opinion of other people? So we see here that they untie the donkey and they bring it to Jesus. And lastly, we see that the people, actually the disciples, did this first. They took off their garments and they laid it upon the donkey. It's so beautiful because we see here that there is an addition to the mission. I'll, 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 I'll break it down here real quick you're not the only one on the face of the earth that has a mission, which tells me when God uses you, when he uses your family, he will always bring other people to what? Add to the mission and the vision of God. The great commission is not singular, meaning it's not one single person that is going to accomplish this all. Get that there. It's going to take teamwork. It's going to take Brotherhood It's going to take the family of God coming together. So the man had his donkey and the disciples had their garments. Not one was greater, not one was less. All served for the purpose of this beautiful triumphant entry in which Jesus was doing and where, where he was going. And it says that in verse 9, Jesus was in the center of the procession. Jesus is the center of it all. May we use our gifts, our talents, and all that we are, our families, our businesses, our ministries, for the service of our Master, of our Abba, of our Father. Doing this will change the game, and it will really set forth all that Jesus truly envisions for his children, for his people, for his brothers and sisters, for his co-laborers with him. God bless